lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello, thank you for listening to Rock Hill CityCast. I'm Oriana Moore, and I'm here with my co-host, Matthew Cray. Today, we have the director of the Art Center at the Fountain Park here with us, Todd Leahy, and we're glad to have you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, Todd, before we get into some fun questions and some Fountain Park questions, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us where you're from, um, some cool, fun facts about you, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Uh, fun as defined by me or by sure, you? Sure, fun, interesting, <laughs> things we should know that are cool. I grew up nearby in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, went to Spartanburg High School, a rival back then of Rock Hill and Northwestern Highs. Uh, went off to Notre, University of Notre Dame for college. Okay. And met my wife there. She is from the West Coast. I somehow convinced her to move south. We went to grad school at Wake Forest and then started working right away in Charlotte. And I was a banker for a while and then was in uh, fundraising for Wofford College, then Davidson College, and have spent the 11 years uh, previous to this job at United Way in Charlotte. But I was an art major in college. And this position opened up and seemed to be the perfect merger between my passions of the arts of the community, of getting folks to contribute to a larger, greater good. Um, So I was thrilled to accept the offer to come down here, started working here in August. Um, Some fun facts about me. Um, We have, uh, I've got a couple of daughters. One's a senior in high school. One is a rising ninth grader. I could say rising ninth grader because basically at this point the school year is over. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, it's basically just state-sanctioned babysitting at this point for <laughs> the school systems. Um, my wife uh, works for Wells Fargo. Got two wonderful dogs. We travel a lot. My older daughter is about to head off to Air Force Academy to play volleyball, which is really oh. cool for her. Uh, my younger daughter is about to step into high school, which is exciting for her. She loves horses. I grew up playing basketball, swimming, um, but practice my art whenever I can uh, for, for friends. And Todd, we don't have cameras here, but tell people how tall you are. I am 6'8". Okay. I tell people uh, <laughs> there's nothing exciting about being tall. Uh, we hit our heads on doorways and ceiling <laughs> fans a lot. We get rained on first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also tell people in high school, I was the third string center on a team with two centers on our basketball team. <laughs> uh, when we were up by 20 in the fourth quarter, uh, that was when I got to play. Give, give us a perk <laughs> or two of being tall. Is it as good as people who want people who are short and want to be tall? What would you say? Well, this is really cool. You can blank. I will probably say that I am your first guest in a while that you asked how tall they are. Okay. Uh, so it is really the the one physical characteristic about yourself that you have no control over mm-hmm. that people will constantly ask you about. There you uh, go. If you're really short, people aren't probably going to say anything. How short are you? <laughs> right, they're not going to say anything. But if you are really tall, uh, and and being six eight, I have been 
every height that everybody else has been, by mm. and large. That's cool. Uh, at some point in my life, I have been the same height as most people I know. So where were you before you came to Rock Hill? Uh, at United Way, uh, what we called at the time, United Way of Central Carolinas. It is now United Way of Greater Charlotte. Okay. They changed their name after I left. And that was up in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm guessing it's so you majored in art, but you also had a lot of jobs in business. I Does did. this job like the perfect mix of the two for you? It really is. Everywhere I have been, I have focused on relationship building. I have focused on being involved in the community. Uh, when I was a commercial banker for BB&T, it's in Charlotte. And Charlotte is still a relatively small town for being a big city and and relationships matter uh and it's the same with moving into the fundraising world Um, people will support projects if they believe in the cause and they believe in the people that are behind it and you have to build strong relationships to make that happen and so moving into this role when you are creating something that is brand new it is all about the relationships you build in the community and making everybody in the community feel like that they've got a part in this that they can play. All right. Well, we'll get back to those those questions and diving into the Rock Hill community mm-hmm. and um, the Performing Arts Center. But I prepped you on this question about 30 minutes ago, <laughs> and me and Oriana have been working as well. Uh, so I, I'm asking you to pick one of each. Sure. You need to pick one historical figure, a musician, a current celebrity, an athlete, and a city employee to have at your perfect dinner table. So I'll give you a second to think, and then me, me and Oriana will give our list, and then we'll come around to oh, you. Oh, so you, you've got your own list. We have our own list. We wanted this to be a collective conversation. Are we all at the same dinner party? Uh, we can be. That'd be a big... Maybe we all have our own tables at the dinner party. We could do that. That's all inclusive. Okay. Uh, Oriana, why don't, why don't you start us off? Who is at your sure. dinner, dinner table? So um, for my historical figure, I picked Sojourner Truth. Okay, um, and who and who is her? Yeah, mind? she was a um, an activist, and she spoke out for women's rights and for African Americans' rights. Okay, sorry, my words slipped my mind, but um, she was really tall as well. <laughs> she was, I think they said she was about six feet tall, so very tall for a woman. That is and tall. they said her <laughs> voice was like thunder, so she Ooh. did a lot of speaking um, during her lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then for my musician, I picked Rihanna. Because <laughs> I've always been a fan of her, even okay. though she doesn't make music anymore. <laughs> yeah. But she's a businesswoman now, and she has so many um, endeavors with her brands and everything. Very wealthy, very successful. Um, for a current celebrity, I picked Hallie Bailey. She's the new um, Little Mermaid. Okay. And I picked her because, um, well, she's been acting. She and her sister have both been acting and singing since they were children. But she's been on TV shows. She's in the uh, new Little Mermaid. She's going to be in the... They're doing a remake of The Color Purple, and she's okay. in that as well. And she just seems so friendly. <laughs> and for athletes, I don't watch sports a lot, so I had to Google some people. But <laughs> I just picked someone who was very well-known, Serena Williams, mm-hmm. um, because I remember they said she played tennis while she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and I don't think I could do that. <laughs> so I thought that was remarkable about her. And for the city employee, it was really difficult, but I just picked Katie Quinn. Okay. <laughs> She's our supervisor, but I'm very familiar with Katie, and I like talking to Katie anyway throughout the day. Um, and basically, I picked all of these women because they're in different phases of their lives, and I feel like I could learn a lot from them. Okay. There you go. 
uh, my table, I wanted to have a fun table with a lot of stories. So for my uh, musician, I picked Justin Timberlake <laughs> because not only is he in music, he's been in movies mm -hmm. and he seems to be a very personable guy. So Timberlake, athlete, Steph Curry. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more to him than just shooting a ball. He's my favorite athlete, so I picked him. Uh, current celebrity, Jason Sudeikis. I'm mm. a big Ted Lasso fan. And, uh, you know, fun guy, lots of stories. Historical figure, that was the hardest for me. Not really a history guy. I thought about Walt Disney, Mark Twain, Thomas Edison, but I ended on Alexander Graham Bell. I think it'd be fun to have someone at the table who invented something that it no longer looks like what it did back then. So to have, to be able to tell him, like, this is a phone. Like, this is what it looks like. It, it, you know, you don't have to turn it and dial it or however you did it back then. <laughs> And uh, City Employee, I cheated. I chose two. We've always joked about getting these two on the podcast together. Uh, John Taylor, mm -hmm. director of PRT, and mm -hmm. Jimmy Bagley. Uh, John and Jimmy would be fun to have on the podcast together because Jimmy would finish all of John's sentences. So I think that would just be a fun <laughs> dynamic to have at the table. We're going to have a good time. Todd, you've had time to think. What about you? So for the current celebrity, I've got Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who's been a part of my life ever since I can remember. He was in sitcoms in the mm -hmm. 80s and 90s. He does a podcast these days with uh, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. And it's okay. it's a great podcast. It's called Smartless. And he just seems to have the right kind of temperament that would be perfect at a dinner party. Okay. For musician, I've got Bono, okay. the lead singer for U2, obviously. I can remember where I was when I first heard uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Uh, you know, there was, I was sort of impressionable in the 80s, and that's when they came into my life. And they have been playing as a band since the late 70s, since they were all classmates in Dublin. Um, certainly longevity speaks to mm -hmm. um, their love for each other. And they just put out some amazing songs that are historic. For an athlete, I'm going to say uh, Arthur Ashe. Okay. Uh, for what he meant to the game of tennis, but also what he meant to uh, the, the black community at large, uh, certainly at a time when there weren't many like him in the sport, just his, his perspective on being so good in a sport like that uh, and not really being recognized for it at the time, but getting a whole lot more recognition later in life, posthumously, um, he would have a, a very interesting perspective on that. Historical figure, I would go with somebody like um, an Eleanor Roosevelt, who was such a progressive um, woman in her time. Uh, and certainly she had a lot of shoulders to stand on before mm -hmm. uh, she became an activist. But um, for the amount of work that she did beside her husband, it's pretty remarkable. For a city employee, I'm going to cheat and say Kathy Pender. Okay. Uh, she is on my board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a wonderful woman. Uh, I've enjoyed having her as a board member and as a friend uh, in this work. She is, she's given me some very good counsel along the way and just a neat woman. I will say John Taylor's a great choice. <laughs> John served on our architecture selection committee and was incredible in that capacity. Um, he had a lot of insight, asked a lot of great questions. Uh, so I, He's going to be on your list at the dinner party, so he'll be yeah, there. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there with me. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with Kathy because I know that John will be in the room. Awesome. Well, great lists. I appreciate you breaking the ice and having a little fun. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll dive into what actually matters now, and that is the uh, Performing Arts Center, which, mm-hmm. again, you're the executive director of, of just the Performing Arts Center. Is that correct? Of the soon-to-be Performing, soon-to-be performing, performing Arts, Arts Center. Center. Um, tell us about the idea, the origin, how that all began. Great question. I would imagine, as it's been told to me, that these conversations about having a performing arts center have been going on for decades. I was doing a class for Krista Hayes with her lifelong learning Mm -hmm. group, and the class I taught was about the history of performing arts centers in this community. And the hook was, I'll tell you about where we've come from if you let me tell you where we're going to be. So it was a great way to tell the crowd there about what we're trying to accomplish. So I was doing a little bit of cheating, but I did a great deal of research in advance of the class, just trying to figure out what was there in this community before this. And the best I could find beyond the, the grounds of Winthrop University is there were, was not a whole lot. There were some movie houses, there were some cinemas, but there had never really been a community-wide dedicated performing arts center. We certainly had a lot of good local performing arts groups, but those folks have been uh, piecemealing together their schedule and their locations for so long. And so I entered into this job thinking that this is the first of its kind, and I think with a little bit of research I've come to understand it really is. Winthrop has had Burns Auditorium and Johnson Hall Um, The city has the amphitheater. Uh, The city has done some things in the past at the courtroom, but there's never been a standalone community-based performing arts center. And we have always thought beyond the city's borders, this is going to be for Chester, York, and Lancaster counties. And even when you look across those three counties, uh, you've got um, Bundy Auditorium at USC Lancaster, You've got some venues that are in Chester, but it's the same kind of issues there as here. The community groups are just trying to figure out where they're going to be next. So for two decades or so, these conversations have been taking place. And I think that the biggest impetus for all of this was Fountain Park. When they created Fountain Park, they all of a sudden had an anchor point where they could start putting some of these things that they had been talking about for quite some time. And so the board established itself, my board, in in 2017, and started some feasibility studies. What should we look like as a board, as as an organizational group, and how do we accomplish what we're trying to do, which is to design and build a 21st century performing arts center? So they did some studies. Uh, They had some outside groups come in and take a look at the communities at large and say, well, you know, you could probably be about a 500 to 600 seat theater. It will probably cost about this much money. Uh, how are you going to go find that money? And so they brought in a consultant that took a look at what a fundraising effort would look like for this community. And it was always designed to be a public-private partnership. Public being some state and local dollars, and then private partnership being corporations, individuals, foundations. And so we're trying to be a true 50-50 maybe 60-40 private-public partnership. So we hired a design firm last December. We've been working with them most of this year to design what this is going to look like. We are very early in that process, so all they've really done is mass out the building on the site where it's going to be, and it's going to be adjacent to Fountain Park between Elizabeth and Saluda and on Black Street. 
So as we're moving through the schematic phase of the design process, we are quietly going through our fundraising phase. What gifts are out there that we need to land to make this a reality? So all of these things are happening at the same time. I think that the work that they did from 2017 till I came on board in 2022 was critical in showing the community these conversations have been happening for a couple of decades, but we are serious now. This is going to happen. The right people are involved. The board represents a wide swath of the community. People are excited about this happening. Rock Hill is where it's going to be physically located, but there's enough going on in Chester and York and Lancaster counties. The growth has been there for a while that we should get amazing support from the people in those communities. And we will be physically in the middle of Greenville and Charlotte and Columbia. And folks won't have to go to those cities anymore to find a great concert or theater productions or dance recitals or high school productions. They can do that right here in this community. Um, and so the, the timing is perfect. We have made some major investments in other parts that make this community great. Uh, recreational sports being the obvious one that now's the time to flip over to the Performing Arts Center. So what can we expect this structure to look like exactly? It sounds like it's gonna be a multi-purpose building, um, but what all will be included in it? Ideally, it would be multi-purpose. We would love for this to be uh, another spot in the city where folks can have meetings, but primarily it is a performing arts venue. It'll have a grand lobby. It'll, it'll have amazing curb appeal when you're walking up to it. Uh, the theater inside will be 500 plus seats. Uh, you've got a lot of area behind it where the, the site comes to a point where you can have some outdoor programming in, a, in an outdoor amphitheater style. Um, there's going to be a fly tower that on the outside you'd be able to have movie nights projected onto the, the large wall. And so it's a great place for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night for families to come pull up a, a chair or a blanket and watch some outdoor um, performances. But inside, it will be uh, designed for theater, for dance, for live music, um, for symposiums. So it is gonna be a true performing arts center and we've gotta find the right schedule in it that is both national and regionally focused but make it affordable for our local arts organizations to be able to still use. They want to be able to call that place home. They haven't had a home in a while. This would be a great opportunity for them to come perform right in downtown Rock Hill. Um, further down the road when we are up and running and we go through additional phases of this, we hope to add a black box theater, uh, a lot of educational spaces. We want this also to be a place where school systems in Chester and York and Lancaster counties to bring students for field trips. Uh, for those that need to be exposed to the arts, it is becoming a logistical hassle to get them all the way up to Charlotte or down to Columbia. This is a great place for them to be able to spend uh, a little bit more time before they have to get back to their schools. So it is going to be successful when we find that right mix of programming, but when we also find great partners in the educational community. And I'm talking K through college, not just K through 12, but even Winthrop and Clinton and York Tech and uh, to a certain extent USC Lancaster. So you gave me a street description. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to use my landmark descriptions because that's how sure. I relate it. 
is the area I'm thinking is next to Fountain Park behind the stage with the arches over kind of where the ice skating rink is. Is that is that where it would be? Correct. So the ice skating rink during the holidays, yeah. that is at the front end of the entire site that we're going to be building this okay. on. Um, and you said right now you're in the fundraising phase. What does that look like for you guys? A lot of quiet conversations, a lot of... Um, We've targeted the lead gift for this. We're not ready to make any announcements mm -hmm. on that, but it's the kind of lead gift that will inspire others in the community to get involved. And so those conversations are taking place now. And I, ideally, you raise a certain amount of your private money before you take the campaign public. And public in that sense means to the larger community. Mm -hmm. So if, if on the private side, we're hoping to raise $25 million, then you hope to have somewhere close to $20 million raised mm. so that when you go public, you can have a, a wider audience of people to participate at a certain level. And so that would be things like your, your brick campaigns. People can buy a brick, things like that, to finish off your private part of the campaign. So we are quiet now while we get those commitments in hand and then you make a large announcement of how much money we've raised when we go public and people realize, oh, okay, uh, we, we, we've heard about this. Todd's been on the radio a few times, um, but now the right things are in place for this to actually happen. Uh, if we had any doubts about getting involved, now's the time to do it because it's happening and we wanna be on the train. So how long would the fundraising process be or will this be like an ongoing thing even after <laughs> it opens? to the public? That's a really good question. Uh, the, the, the proper answer is when you are dealing in the nonprofit world, you are always fundraising. But what your question really means is how long will the fundraising take for this specific portion of right. it to get it built? We anticipate that we will be fundraising through next summer. Okay. Um, and then we will start construction. Construction will last a couple of years and then we will be, we'll be up and running ideally at latter part of 2026 but then like any traditional nonprofit, we will have an annual fundraising goal because part of our revenue will come from ticket sales and part of our revenue come from contributed dollars as well uh why why the downtown area why was it important to put it there that's a really good question so when you have when you aspire to be for all three communities, and I'm using communities in the broader sense of the smaller communities in each of the three counties, mm -hmm. Chester, York, and Lancaster counties, it would seem that the most obvious candidate in those three counties would be Rock Hill. It's the, the biggest city of the three counties. Um, it is where most of the downtown development lately has been going. Um, it has ease of traffic flow into and out of. So it's just easier to get to in downtown Rock Hill than it, it would be in other parts of those three counties. The challenge that presents itself when you put it somewhere is you have to try twice as hard to reach the communities that it's not in. And so Chester and Lancaster and other parts of York County that aren't Rock Hill have to feel like this is their center too. And so while we are going to be at Fountain Park, and Fountain Park is in Rock Hill, we've always had our eyesight on the larger community. And we hope that the community will agree with us that the most obvious place to put it would be in Rock Hill. 
but we're going to be doing some outreach in those other communities. We need to be in those communities as much as we want them in ours. And so as an organization, the Art Center at Fountain Park, we've joined the chambers of Chester and of Lancaster, obviously in York County. We want to be good neighbors to those that are around us in Rock Hill, but also to those that are near to us. Uh, if they want to feel like this is their center, then I have to be present in their communities too. And I have to extend an offer for them to perform in our center to the extent that they would want to. You know, they have to make those decisions on their own. If you are, I'm going to make up a name, the Chester Players, it would be a great venue for them to perform in, but how far away from becoming or being the Chester Players are they when they are performing in a different community mm -hmm. right so they have to make those decisions as a board about whether or not they want to perform there but they can certainly be spectators and attendees for other things that are going on in the center so we have to be visible in their communities we have to remind them consistently that we are here that we are putting on some amazing performances and we hope that they will uh, buy tickets so it represents the greater area it's in downtown rock hill uh, practically does the that specific location give you any advantages for uh, having shows or um, and what would those be? So the size of us gives us a, a certain advantage because there is great inventory of programming that will come through a performing arts center of that size. You can just look at anything that's going on around Savannah or Hilton Head or Asheville or any part of the Carolinas, Georgia, and you can pinpoint shows that are in like-sized uh, venues that we would be a great stop in their Southern Swing for their concerts or their performances. So the size of it is perfect. The location puts us within walking distance of all of the restaurants and bars that are mm. coming into downtown Rock Hill. You can certainly get to and from the other communities pretty easily on the main drags that come right by the Performing Arts Center. Um, we are an extension of, so if you take a look at Winthrop to downtown has been connected through Knowledge Park and University Center. And then you've got downtown. We are the next logical movement towards uh, Clinton College and the Clinton Connection and mm -hmm. all the work that's going that way. So the development is coming towards Fountain Park, and we would be a great anchor point for a lot of development right around Fountain Park and what's to come in the future. And even to build on that, if you're coming from a Chester or a Lancaster, that would be your first exposure into Rock Hill. Mm -hmm. I guess it would depend on which way you took, but if you took the back roads like I usually take, mm -hmm. you're coming into downtown first. I will <laughs> say one of, the, uh, one of the moments of pride I've had is I, it, it's getting to the point now where I can drive to any of those communities and not have to use my phone mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. Uh, I know all the main ways, and I even know some of the back ways. And there are lots of ways to get to all the different communities around here. Um, so you touched on this a little bit already earlier, but could you just explain a little bit more about how this facility will fit into the bigger plan for downtown Rock Hill? We have a lot going on with University Center and the Powerhouse. So could you just talk a little bit about that? I'll tell you, I, was, I saw the Powerhouse for the first time a month ago. I'm doing Leadership York, and the day that we devoted to economic development we had a tour of powerhouse and i honestly am ashamed to admit i didn't even know it existed as a project mm -hmm. certainly didn't know it existed as a building my daughter the volleyball player has had lots of tournaments at the sports and events center i was amazed that this is sort of right next door to it 
and didn't even know he was there. That's incredible. It's an incredible project. Um, I think that we are an extension of a concerted effort the city made, you can correct me if I'm wrong, in the last 15, 20 years, to try to get more foot traffic downtown, which is why they started the concert series in the amphitheater, which is why they invested in bringing folks into the courtroom. They wanted foot traffic. They knew that if they could bring people downtown, then all the other amenities of downtown would follow, that if people viewed this as a place they'd want to go, we're a natural extension of all the, of those efforts. Um, I mean, what a great evening out to be able to come, park your car. We'll have lots of surface street parking as well as parking decks nearby. You can go grab a bite to eat. You can go to a concert. You can go to a performance. Go back to your car, head home uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes away. So with all that's going on around downtown Charlotte, or I'm sorry, downtown Rock Hill, this is just an absolute ideal time to be an extension of that. Um, this community, for being as large as it is, and I'm talking about all three counties, you're talking about 430,000 people. We are near Charlotte, so if you throw in the metro population, I mean, we're at 1.5, 1.7 million. And there are lots of venues around us for us to go to, but we've never had one in our community. And to be a community of this size and that have your own space to go into, I mean, it says something that the community leaders got together and said, we're going to change that. Uh, there's enough going on. There's enough growth in this area. There's enough people moving to this region who are all moving from places where they've had their own performing arts centers to go to. They want something to call their own right here. Uh, we've got our own special restaurants, our own special breweries, our own special arts councils, our own special artists. Now's the time to have our own special performing arts center. Now, you've mentioned that this will have a heavy focus on local, making sure mm -hmm. that groups have a place to come and perform and for people to come watch them. But correct me if I'm wrong, the way that you've said, or a few of the comments you made suggest that maybe you guys will look to bring in, I hesitate to say, like, national performances. So, for example, uh, two comedy shows I've seen come through South Carolina recently yeah. are the Board Teachers Comedy Show. Me and my wife went to see that. She's a teacher, and that was funny. Um, it was down, down at the Charleston Music Hall. And then um, Nate Bargatze is another comedian. Love Nate Bargatze. And he came through South Carolina in the past month or two. Are you guys looking to be both local and national? Mm -hmm. So listen, you mentioned Rihanna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you mentioned Justin Timberlake. I mentioned Bono. If we could land any of those three, that would be huge. Yeah. My inclination is that they're not going to come probably to the Art Center at Fountain Park, at least not in our first year. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll wait to see how well we do in that first year, and then they'll come back. Uh, but clearly we're not – I mean, those are flying in a different stratosphere than what we're talking about. We will be able to design this Performing Arts Center so that comedians, concerts, spoken word, ballet, dance, symphony, theater productions – it will all be an amazing space for them. Um, what you then have to take a look at is how many tickets can you sell for mm -hmm. the performer that's coming through? If it's somebody that's popular, maybe they're here for two or three nights. Or if it's somebody that's just starting out their career, maybe 500 seats is perfect for them. And the same is true for the local arts organizations. 500 could be the ideal size. So the size of your venue 
does put together a menu of people that you could reach out to, but there are tons of performers that will come through a, a venue of our size in this community. Um, I would love to bring Nate Bergazzi, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure he plays to some pretty big audiences. Yeah. I mean, he's selling out arenas, I think. Mm-hmm. But but that kind of comedy, I think, would play well yeah. in this community. Um, so you are new-ish to Rock Hill. New-ish. <laughs> You, I'm sure you've known about it and you've been through, but so, you were... Yeah, my experience is, as a kid, we had family friends who had a connection to TGK, and I know that's not Rock Hill, but I was certainly familiar of the area. And it wasn't until I was in high school when we were playing Northwestern and Rock Hill every year that I would come in and out of, of, of here. But also, this was my way to get to Carowinds when I was a kid. Okay, yeah. We would come to the back roads and then shoot up 77. So you'd come to Rock Hill and hang a left, basically. So I've known about Rock Hill for quite some time. It wasn't until my wife and I moved to South Charlotte um, that we started exploring opportunities in Rock Hill. I've, I've said countless times since I started in August, we are near Charlotte, but we are not of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We are our own standalone community down here. And I've had a lot of family friends who've been from this area. I worked at Wofford College for a couple of times, so I know people that came from Rock Hill that went to school there so it's it's been in my orbit but it has been everything that I thought it would be plus 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 taking on this role what have you learned or noticed about the area since you started your job and have been kind of entrenched in it what have I learned or noticed about the area I would say what I have learned and appreciated is it's um it's attention to its own history uh, and preserving that history um, good and bad, and making it good, if that, if that makes any sense to y'all. Rock Hill has been here for a long, long time, and, and every community goes through its ups and downs. But the way that Rock Hill has embraced that and turned it into a positive um, speaks volumes to what we can accomplish with our Performing Arts Center. I'll tell you that Charlotte doesn't do that. When you have cities that are so forward-looking, in some ways that's okay, but you don't dwell too much on where you are right now, and you certainly don't dwell too much on where you've come from. They tear down a lot of old things up in Charlotte too quickly. Uh, Rock Hill is a place that, that holds on to um, its history uh, to its advantage and, and talks about it and honors it and recognizes those that were part of that history in a way that's unique. Uh, certainly, I think the size of the city contributes to that, but I also think that it's, you know, it's the way that it has grown, typically as most southern cities do with outsiders, has meant that it has had to hold on to what it made at Rock Hill in the first place and to be able to share that story with the newcomers. I think that's, I, I was hoping for that and have been pleasantly surprised to have found that to be true in this job, that um, the history of the place still means a lot to this community. Well, is there anything that we didn't ask you that you would like to share about the new Performing Arts Center or something that we may have missed? Um, you haven't asked me how you are going to be able to buy tickets to the place. That is very Or important. are we to that point yet? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you would buy tickets like you do any other tickets. You can buy them online okay. at our website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot wait till the day that we put up our... Uh, our schedule and people can go in there and figure out what they want to go see and click buy tickets and start coming to the performances. 
I've gotten I, I I won't share this over the CityCast airways, but I've got in the back of my mind who I would love to be the opening performance, or at least maybe some private performance um, that would get folks into the center. It won't be Rihanna, it won't Aww. be Bono, it won't <laughs> be Justin, but you know somebody with South Carolina connections. I would love for them to be the first act in this performing arts center. I think it would be amazing um, debut for for what the center means to the community. So I, you know, I have 2026 circled on my calendar. Uh, I can't wait for the first night there with the, the spotlights shining all over the building. It'll be an amazing looking building. And then you step inside and realize this is why we were doing this. Uh, when you see a live show inside, if you've been anywhere else in the community listening to the symphony or watching Showtime or uh, organizations like that, when you sit in our performing arts center and you realize this is what we've been wanting, it'll make it all worth it. Well, this sounds like it's going to be a great addition to downtown Rock Hill and the surrounding communities. Um, thank you for uh, joining us today, and it was really great talking with you. Absolutely. Thank you all very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.